Mission May. And here's what I want to do before I start my message tonight. I'm going to impose on you all. You should have received a card when you came in. We've got some of those available too. If you did not get one, keep your hand up and we'll get them to you. But here's what we want you to do tonight. We need you to work as a team tonight. Can you do that? Don't worry. It's not going to be scary. We're not going to put you on the spot or anything like that. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to get up from where you are. I need you to pair up with someone that you didn't come to church with. Okay? Someone you didn't come to church with. So it doesn't have to be someone you don't know. It preferably would be great for you to meet someone you don't know. But come on, just get up from your seat. Just move around quickly. And while you're doing that, just introduce yourself to them. Maybe just share with them. Just tell them that you're glad to meet them. Just introduce yourself. You can exchange bank details. You can do all that kind of stuff. Just all fun things. And if you can do that, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. So everyone meet everyone and make sure you've got one of these cards. Do you have one of these cards? Keep your hand up if you do not have one of these cards. And they'll be getting them. Pete's coming around. Keep your hand up till you get one of those. And that is absolutely fantastic. How many met someone new tonight? Good, good. Have you realized that that person's probably been sitting around you in church for a long, long time? Hands up. We need cards. Keep your hands up till you get them. Those people have probably been sitting around you in church for a long time. And that's why it's important for us to get out of our comfort zone, introduce ourselves and meet people. Okay, you can relax. You don't have to work in your teams right now. Eyes to the front. I'll tell you when I need you all to work together. How many remembers what we talked about last Wednesday night? Goodness me. Glad it was so influential in your life. Christy, you remember? What was it we spoke about? The first mission field. Thank you very much. Your first mission field is what? It's me. It's our life. It's my life. A lot of people say, well, it's my family. It's my home, which is kind of true. But the deal is this. If you're not right, you can't impact your family. If you're not right, you cannot impact your home. So our first responsibility as a mission field is ourselves. We cannot win the world if we're lost. 
So we've got to be found so we can help other people be found. What was the story that we talked about last week? Anyone remember? The woman at the well, okay? The woman at the well that she came, Jesus talked with her, freaked her out because he shouldn't have been talking with her interacting with her and different things. But what was the main point, one of the main points that we talked about last week? Anyone remember? The water in the well. well, And what else? Okay, he told her about ourselves. Cool. We talked about buckets. Anyone remember buckets? Talked about buckets. The problem with buckets is they don't stay full. And we fill our lives so many times as a bucket with pleasure and all these things. And we're looking to fill our lives. But there's only one thing that's going to keep us full. And that's connected to the source, Jesus Christ. So she came with a bucket, but she had to come back the next day, the next day. Jesus said, I'll give you living water. She says, that's really cool because I don't want to come back to the well. Jesus says, no, you're missing the whole point here, what it's all about. And then Jesus exposes what's going on in her life and changes her life. And guess what? When she finally comes clean with who she is, guess what? God was able to be who he needed to be in her life. And it's wonderful how that happens when we come clean with God and we say, God, I need your help. There's problems and issues in my life. God doesn't write us off, disregard us and say, get out of here. God says, thank you. That's what I was trying to get to all this time. And now you've come clean. Now I can be real with you. Come on, write that down. When you come clean, he can be real. God can be real with you when you can be real with yourself. Come on, when you can come clean and be real with yourself, then God can get real with you. And the end of the story was really fantastic. And that is this. She went and told everyone and she said these words, come see a man. Told me everything about me. She gathered a whole crowd of people. They came to Jesus. And the Bible says that many people believed in Jesus that day. How incredible. Why? Because of one lady's encounter. So many other people were changed. What could happen if we had an encounter with God that we were so connected to the source, the well of life? Think how many people we can influence, we can impact, and we can change in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the next part. And I'm going to use the story tonight of Bartimaeus. He used to be blind, but God healed him. So now he's just known as Bart. Is that cool? It's just Bart. And I want to read that story. And the story comes from Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read a few verses today. But it comes from Mark chapter 10. And it's beginning in verse 46 through 52. And it says this. Now there came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, there was a great multitude. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timnus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus, the son of Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, arise, Jesus is calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus said to Jesus, Rabboni, which means what? Rabbi, teacher, leader that I may receive my sight. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. 
and immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus down the road. There are so many great things we could talk about in that story and I'm trying to stay away from them, but so many great things. He cried, people told him to be quiet, he cried louder. He wanted the attention of God. There was a desperation in his life. Don't let anyone silence your cry for Jesus. Don't let anyone stop your desperation. Cry out. And what happens when Jesus hears his cry, the Bible says he stops. Absolutely an incredible thought. In fact, the Bible, I believe, only records twice when Jesus stops. There was other times that he stopped, obviously. But the Bible records very distinctly two times. When the lady with the issue of blood touched Jesus, he stopped and turned and said, Who touched me? And here, because of a cry, Jesus stops. And it's really important for us to know that Jesus' next step from this story is to enter into Jerusalem where he's now about to be crucified. So in his mind right now, he's carrying the fact that his time is near, that he's about to die for mankind. He knows the suffering and the pain that he's about to go through. And I love the fact that amidst everything that he is facing and everything that's ahead of him, he still stops for one person's cry. Love that. Says so much about Jesus. What do they say to Bartimaeus? Be good of cheer. He's calling for you. He wants you. What does Bartimaeus do? He throws his garment aside. Again, things that we can miss. The garment was that which represented him. He had a beggar's garment. It was that which identified who he was. Every day he would lay that down. It would be that which they would put food and money upon. He would collect that up. It would be that which would be his covering, his blanket to keep him warm. People knew him by his cloak. But when he cried out because he wouldn't be silenced and he got the attention of Jesus who stopped, he went to Jesus. But before he went, he threw threw his garment aside. Why? I'm not going to need that anymore. Because when I get to Jesus, my life is going to be completely changed. Don't you love that? That's the faith that we see. Come on, we need to throw some things aside because we need to get to Jesus. We need to throw some identities aside. And this is not my message. I'm trying to get to my message tonight. But then he gets to Jesus. Jesus asks him an open-ended question. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew the need, But Jesus presented to him the opportunity. Bartimaeus could have asked for anything right there. He said, Jesus, I want to be a billionaire. Bam, he could have been. He had every opportunity because Jesus didn't say, what do you want me to do for you physically? Do you need your sight? Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Why is that so important? Because Jesus is not limited to just your need. Jesus is able to do infinitely more than you could even imagine or you could even dream. And Bartimaeus said, God, I'll receive my sight. The Bible says immediately he received his sight and because of his faith, because of his cry, because of his desperation. He didn't have chapters and verse. He didn't know everything about the Bible. He didn't know everything about God. He just knew enough. I have a need and I need to get to Jesus. That's all you need. Aren't you glad? That's the gospel right there. You don't have to have it all together. I just got to get to Jesus. And immediately God heals him. But then what does it say in verse, verse 52? Uh, verse 52 of that. It says this. Then Jesus said to him, then Jesus said to him, I like that, then Jesus. Why the then Jesus? Because we just talked about all the then that just happened. Come on, he called, he cried out, he cried louder, he came, he threw aside, he trusted, he believed, he asked. That's the then. Then, after all that thing, Jesus then said. And I think it's so important for us to realize the words, then Jesus. Say that with me, then Jesus. 
then Jesus. Why then Jesus? Because I believe there's a teamwork that we need to see here, and that is you and Jesus. You've got to do your part. God's not going to come. He's going to come knocking on your heart's door, but you've got to open the door for him. Come on, you've got to do your then and then Jesus. You do your part. You cry out and say, God, I need your help. Then Jesus will come. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. But notice what he says. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. Catch that. He's healed. He's delivered. There's probably a hundred things that he wants to do. He wants to go and find his family. He wants to go and see um, palm trees. He wants to go and see things that he has never been able to see before in his life. He could have been so preoccupied. He could have had all these plans and preparations. But as soon as he gets healed, what does he do? He follows Jesus. He lays aside everything else. Why? Because he has met someone like he has never seen before. And no pun intended, he had never seen anyone before, but he had never been around someone like this. And as a result, he left everything because he was healed. He knew he would never be the same again, so he follows Jesus. New Living Translation says he followed Jesus down the road. So here's the thought here, are you ready? Because what a Jesus had just done for him, he's now ready to put his whole life on the line for Jesus. Because what had just happened to him, that encounter with Jesus that caused him to see, that changed his life, no longer a beggar, but now a son. And because his life was so drastically changed, he's now saying, because Jesus, what you've done for me, now nothing's too big, nothing's too small, nothing's out of the question for what now I want to do for you. What an incredible thought for us to see. That because of what God has done for us, Now we owe our lives to him. Every one of us tonight owes our life to him. He's not just thinking about these things. He's not just thanking Jesus. A lot of us, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Jesus, I promise you I'm going to do this and do that. He's producing the goods. He's he's not just saying one day I'm going to do this or one day I'm going to do that. He is putting feet to his words. That's the title of my message tonight is this, feet to my words. He's putting feet to his words. He's not just saying it, he's being it. He says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to live for you in any way possible. That's the feet to my words. And there's a lot of people I've noticed are good talkers. I don't want to pastor a church of talkers. I don't want to pastor a church of people say, oh, we'll be there, pastor. Oh, yeah, you can rely on us. We'll be there. And when the time comes, no one's there. I want to pastor a group of people who are a bunch of walkers, not a bunch of talkers. People who are feet to the mat. Come on. Who are active, they're involved, and they're wanting to do. Why? Because my first mission field is my life and getting right with God and connecting to the source and being around Jesus. Now what? As a result of what he's done for my life. Now I want to touch other people. I want to see other people change. I want to follow Jesus down the road. I want to be obedient to do whatever he wants me to do. What can I do? And that's the question I believe every one of us needs to ask. What can I do? How can I help? How can I serve? How can I impact others? How can I make a difference in someone else's world? How can I be fully involved? And we talked about this, but iConnect is such a great way to be involved through our church. And and we present to you ways that you can be involved. Some of you may say, I don't know what I can do in the church. I don't know how I can serve in the church. I don't know what my talents and giftings can produce in the church. You need to go through iConnect because we'll help you with that. We'll help you identify with the purpose that God has for your life so you can fulfill 
fulfill that because here's the whole thought of iConnect, his plan, my life. Discovering his plan and where my life and where I fit into that. And you need to be a part of that because it's time to live a life for Jesus. It's time to walk the talk. It's time to put feet to my words. I wish someone would say amen. And what we're realizing is this. Missions are not just overseas. They're all around us each and every day. We don't even have to go and look for missions. Missions will find us every day. Because people around us are our mission field. And Jesus said the same problem back then is the same problem right now. And you know what that is? Matthew 9, 37 and 38. Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the workers, the laborers are few. What is Jesus saying? It's ripe. It's ready. There's people who need to be saved. There's people who need Jesus. The problem is not that. The problem is those who will go and tell them. Those who will go and help them. Verse 38 says, Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Listen to the footnotes from my Bible on that verse. It says this, Jesus looked at the crowds following him and referred to them as a field ripe for harvest. Many people are ready to give their lives to Christ if someone would just show them how. Jesus commands us to pray that people will respond to this need for workers. Isn't that what he says? Pray that he will send. So Jesus commands us to pray that people will respond to the need for workers. But often when we pray for something, God answers our prayers by using us. God answers our prayers by using us. So be prepared for God to use you to show another person the way to him. I love that. I love that. Be prepared because guess what? You're the one that God wants to use. Oh, I wish God would send someone into my workplace. There's so many people. We pray that God says, you are the one that I have sent into that workplace. You're the one that I have placed there strategically. Just walk in boldness and confidence and begin to share the gospel with them. I want everyone in this place to realize your life can make a massive difference if you just dare to be different. If you just dare to stand up and be the feet to your words. God can change your workplace, your surroundings, your world, your life, everything around you. Earlier, I had you sit in teams. Come on, high five the person with you. Come on, come on, say to your teammate, we're the winning team. And you know why we're the winning team? Because we're, the, we're going to be the ones that's going to be winning people to Jesus Christ. Come on, that's what makes us the winning team because we're going to be challenged to win people to Christ. And again, you should have had a card when you came in like this and keep your hand up again. If you didn't get one, we want to get that to you. Is there anyone? But if you notice, this card literally separates your life into six separate mission fields. Six separate mission fields. Notice on there, the word Nicaragua is not on there. The word Nigeria or Africa is not on there. A foreign country is not on there. But what is on there is your mission field. Come on, say with me, my mission field. And it's six specific mission fields and categories that you will find yourself in. Because what did blind Bartimaeus do? He followed Jesus down the road. This is your road. 
This is where God has called you to follow. Because of what God has done in your life, now it's your time to follow him down the road to touch and impact other people. So here's your road. Are you ready? Number one is what? Your home. So what are we talking about in our home? We're talking about as a parent or as a husband and a wife or as a child, a relative. We're talking about our family Our first mission field after ourselves is our family, those immediately around us. So here's what I want you to be honest with your partner tonight. I want you to discuss two questions. Just really be open with each other and transparent with each other. But here's what I want you to to discuss tonight when it comes to your home. And that is this. Number one, what example are you to those in your home? And B, what gospel do they see in you? So what example, Trey, is there any way you could type those out quickly for me? What example are you to them and what gospel do they see? And we're going to have that up here. Now what I want you to do is I want you to begin to talk with each other and I want you to be honest with that in your home, around your family, around your people. Come on, what example are you to them? What example, are you, what gospel are they seeing in you? So come on, turn to your partners and just begin to discuss that and begin to talk about that and just be honest with each other. Come on, maybe you need to start saying, well, you know what? I'm not the right example at home. I'm, I'm not teaching my kids right. I'm not doing right. Come on right now. Come on, begin to discuss that with each other. Everyone got someone. Everyone's interacting with someone. Go. What gospel do they see in you? When we're talking about what gospel do they see, do they see Jesus in you or do they see pride? What, I mean, what, what message are they getting? Are they getting a gospel message? All right, one more minute. What, what example are you to them? Have we got that yet, Trey? Okay. All right, here's the third question. Are you ready? And these are going to be the same question for every mission, field, so you can remember them. Okay? Here's the third question is this. How can you be a better witness at home? How can you be a better witness at home? Maybe write down some things on your paper because we're going to ask you to shout them out in a few minutes. How can you be a better witness at home? How can you do better at home with your husband, your wife, your family, your kids, just different ones? All right, come on, shout out some stuff for me then. How can we be a better witness? Come on, who's going to go first? Shout it out nice and loud. Be more patient. Pray together. Initiate. Be faithful. Someone said, make my bed. I like that. Good. Good witness. Trust. Have a greater trust. Understanding. Okay. Being open with your struggles and how God wants to help you through those things. Great. 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 Just just consciously in your mind right now, and I'm not asking you to write this down or to shout it out, but consciously in your mind right now, on a zero to ten scale, zero being the worst, ten being the best, I mean, kind of grade yourself about the kind of witness that you are in your first mission field, which is in your home. I mean, where are you at? Where are you at? 
Come on, if we're planning to touch the world, it first starts where? In our own homes. So how can we touch the world if we can't touch our own homes? It's time to be transparent so we can be real. Because outside of your life, this is your number one mission field. Listen to me, everyone, listen. Your first calling in life is to save your family, then you can save the world. Did you hear me? Your first calling is to save your family, then you can save the world. So just remember that. This is such a vital mission field. So how can I be the feet in my home? I want you to ask yourself that every day. How can I be the feet to my mouth? How can I be really the feet? I mean, action on the ground, following Jesus down the road in my home, in my family, each and every day. Come on, some work that we need to do. Are you ready? Mission field number two is what? Your work, your school and college. Okay. I wonder how many people you work with would be shocked to know that you're a Christian. What? You're a Christian? Or some people may say you're a shocking Christian, whatever it may be. But we want to avoid those two extremes. We don't want people not to know who we are and be shocked when they find out. And we don't want people to feel that we're crazy and we're out there and we're shocking. And who wants to be like them? We want to be presentable. We want to be real because we want to avoid those extremes. But after you and your home, this is your next mission field. Those that you work with every day. So here's the three questions again. Number Question number one is this. What example are you to those at your work, those at school, those at your college? Come on, what example are you to them? What gospel are they seeing in you? So just begin to discuss that with each other. Come on, just be honest with each other at your work. Come on, what example are you to them? What gospel are they seeing in you? Come on. You can lie to the people around you, but you know what? You're just fooling yourself. Come on, it's time to be real. It's time to be transparent. All right, you ready? Here's the third question. You ready? Just end your conversation, your sentence where you're at. Sorry, we don't have more time to discuss this. But here's the question, number three, you ready? How can I be a better witness at my work, my college, my school? Come on, shout out some stuff. To have positive changes in our life. Scott? Okay, to talk to people about God, share with them God. BFF? Okay, anyone else? Yes, Come on, have joy in your life and go to work with a smile. Come on, that's awesome. Sam, don't contribute to negativity. A lot of negativity around you. Chuck, be kind and good. Goodness, be consistent. Yes, Jan. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anyone else? Yeah, right at the back, Miss D. Not conforming. It's easy, isn't it, to become like everyone else. God's not called us to be in a box, remember? It's got us to be transformed. So look, think about that. What a massive mission field it is for our work, for our colleges and our schools. And instead of complaining that you work with a bunch of heathens, be thankful and realize that God has strategically placed you there. A lot of people praying, God, get me a new job. I'm working with a bunch of heathens. 
God has strategically probably placed you right there because you're a light in the middle of that darkness. So how can I be the feet? Every day when you go to work, how can I be the feet today of the gospel in my workplace, my school, my college? On a scale of zero to ten, grade yourself. Probably thumbs down, huh? Come on, we need to be thumbs up. We need to be thumbs up. Let's be real with this. Because we've got to be transparent so we can get real. So think about that. Okay? Number three. We've got to move along quickly. Number three, friendships. Here's the deal with friendships. Are you ready? So often with our friendships with other people, we are real about everything else apart from when it comes to God. We talk about everything else. Everything else is on the table. There's nothing hidden. We talk about everything else, especially you ladies. You talk about everything. Come on, we know how you are. We've listened to you sometimes. We get bored after two minutes, so don't worry about it. But here's the deal. When it comes to God, here's the thought many times. Well, I don't want to offend them or I don't want to look like a fool in front of them. And the deal is this. If you are a friend with someone and you are not being completely truthful with them, you're not being a true friend to them. Your number one mission of the friends and the friendships you have is this, to see people saved. Your number one mission of the friendships you have is to impact their lives for Jesus Christ. It's not to be on the same team playing softball. That's not our mission. That's what we do together. But my mission is through playing softball, I'm going to lead this person to Christ. When I moved into my neighborhood out in Live Oak on the cul-de-sac, it was my mission. Before I left there, I wanted to see everyone on my cul-de-sac saved and come to church. Before I left, there was about, I think, five or six houses. Before I left that neighborhood, I had three of those people on the cul-de-sac in church and saved. Didn't get to finish it all, left Jimmy and Kayla, and they're still working on the rest. But you know what? My mission in life through friendships and interaction is to bring people to Christ. And if you've already saved them, then the next mission is to see growth and development in their walk with Jesus Christ. So anything else is wasting their time and it's wasting my time. Thank God for those things, but we've got to be real with stuff. Don't sugarcoat, because if they are really our friends, then we need to be a real friend to them. How would they feel, or how, would they, how are they going to feel one day when they look at you square in the eyes and said, you knew and you never told me, as they're being condemned to hell? You knew the whole time and you never told me? Your number one mission in your friendship mission field is to see them saved and to be a friend, to bring them to a place of salvation. So here's the questions again. Are you ready? The people that you're around, your friends, come on, what example are you to them? Come on, what gospel do they see in you? Just interact just for a couple of minutes, and we need to move on. Come on, what do, what do you think? What, is the, what example are you to them? More seconds. Fifteen, ten, five. Okay, so what example are we to them? What real example are we? What gospel are they seeing? 
in us. So here's the third question. How can I be a better witness to my friends? Come on, shout out some stuff. How can I be a better witness to my friends? Be honest. honest. Listen. Caring. Be open. Scott. Okay, okay. So just be real with people and keep telling them, even if they don't get it the first time, keep telling them, tell them. Chuck. Awesome. That right, cool. You always talk about that which is the most important to you. And like Charles is saying, he's even got friends who are atheists that will let him talk about God because they know he's not preaching to them. He's just sharing about something that's real to him. Isn't that cool? What a great way. Dan? Letting them see the changes in our lives. Yes, ladies? Cool. Not being super spiritual, super religious, judgmental, looking down on them, but just being where they are. Hold on, Scott. Go on. Cool. Share your testimony. No one can argue your testimony. It's the most powerful tool. Okay, so here's the deal. Pretty important mission field right there. The people who are entrusting, listen to this, the people who are telling us their deepest secrets and needs are showing us their heart. What an opportunity for us to show them Jesus. What an opportunity for us to show. So how can I be the feet in my friendships? How can I be the feet of the gospel to my friends? Okay, number four, we're not going to have time to discuss all of these. So what I want you to do is I want you to take these papers home and I want you to really with yourself, just be honest with yourself. Look at yourself because I mean grade yourself as a friend. How good are you as a friend? Zero to ten. I mean, in sharing the gospel and that being your mission field, thumbs up or thumbs down? Come on, kind of thumbs sideward-ish. They should be all thumbs up. Are you ready? We're almost done. So listen to this. Number four, casual acquaintances. I'm just going to go through them. The casual acquaintances are the people you bump into at the grocery store, the mall, the gas station, the movies, the ballpark, when you're on vacations, when you're at restaurants, when you're at the gym. They're people you come in contact with, but people you don't really know. But listen to this. You have a responsibility to them too. Just like you have a responsibility in your home, just like you have a responsibility at your work and your friends, you have a responsibility to touch casual acquaintances too. Because this is another massive mission field. So here's the questions again. Remember, ask yourself, what example am I to people in the line at Walmart? What example am I around those? What kind of gospel are they seeing in me? Am I bringing hope? How can I be a better witness to those around? Be happy, smile, be kind, be compassionate. You know, most people in most places have a name tag. The name tag is there because that's their name. Use that talk to people. Very rarely do I ever not address people by their name, even if they're just checking me out at Walmart. Thank you, Miss Susie. Hope you're having a great day. God bless you. Jesus loves you. What an opportunity you have just to share with people. So how can I be a better? The source of the river never knows to the extent of which it flows. 
That's what our lives need to be, touching people. That we, Wouldn't it be wonderful to be walking down the street and have someone say, you don't know who I am, do you? No. I, I checked you out at Walmart two years ago and I was having a bad day and you prayed with me and said, Jesus loved me. You know what? Jesus touched my life. Now I'm saved and I'm in church and all my family's saved and now two of my co-workers are saved and we're seeing... That can happen. How awesome would that be? Just that interaction. Kelly and I have been in Walmart before and this lady had problems with her eyes. And I went up to her and said, man, what's going on with your eyes? And she said, I'm just having some things. I said, I'm not trying to be weird. I said, I'm just a minister. I believe in the power of healing. Can I pray for you in the middle of Walmart? And I prayed with her. I've never seen that lady again, but I'm praying one day I will. And she'll say, can you remember me? That day God healed my eyes. I pray that she goes to Walmart and every time she walks into Walmart, she's looking for that crazy English guy because God did something in her life. God can use you. Come on, this is your mission field. What God has done in your life, now it's your turn to follow him down the road and do a greater job. Come on, that's credited to your account. Did you know that? When you're leading people to Christ. And I want my account to be credited with so, so how can I be the feet just in Walmart, in the mall? in the grocery store, at the movies, wherever I'm at, out and about, how can I be the feet? I remember John Norman saying this once, that he, he made a determination that every time he went to get gas, he would go to the same gas station. Now, it was different then because you couldn't pay at the pumps. You had to go in and pay with the clerk. He made a determination that every time he got gas, he would go to the same station. Why? Because he was going to talk to the same person, and every time he saw them, he was going to tell them about Jesus. What an incredible thought that we go to the same checkout line. Well, there's only two at Walmart anyway, isn't there, that are only open. But you go to that same line and you talk to the same person and you interact with them. And I I know it's hard to be saved in Walmart when you've waited for 40 minutes to cash out. But just do that. So number five, really moving quickly, in your neighborhood, those that you live around next door. Well, I don't like my neighbors. I don't like my neighborhood. Well, that's great. Because if you don't like them, then God has strategically placed you there to be the change. Come on, be the change. Be the change. Bring the change to your neighborhood. Bring a difference. Make a difference. So come on, what example am I to my neighbors? What gospel do they see in me? How can I be a better witness? How can I be practical and not just spiritual? You know how you can be a great witness to your neighbors and those around you? Cut your stinking grass. Keep your house up nice. And while you're cutting your grass, just cut their grass. Just take care of them. When they're outside, so interesting with them. Talk with them. Interact with them. Don't forget it's the little things that can have the biggest impact. So come on, grade yourself. How are you in your neighborhood? How are you around people? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Come on, ask yourself every day, God, how can I be the feet to my neighbors? How can I be the feet to my neighbors? And last but not least, look at this. What's the last one? My mission field, the church. The church is part of your mission field too. Because the mission of church is not just you getting other people here. But listen to this. The mission of church is you being here for other people. Come on, church is not about you just getting people here. It's about you being here for other people. Greeting people at the door. Meeting them taking care of the babies in the nursery. We need a lot of help with that right now. We're we're lacking with that. We need your help. We need people. That's a mission field. That's an opportunity. While I'm taking care of someone's baby, they can be taking care of their business with God. 
They can be meeting God. They can be having an encounter. Because you know the problem with church is this. We've got too many consumers. We've got too many people who come to church just to get. I want this. I'm going to get, get, get. We need God to give us some providers, not just consumers. Some people who are going to come to give. Come on. Come to serve. Come to be. Here's the question. What have you given lately in church? This is a mission field. What have you given in this house? I'm almost done. But what example are you to others in the church? What example do they see? Unfortunately, a lot of the example we are to many people is they would say, oh, that's the person who just comes when they feel like it to church. It's not a good example. What gospel are you to them? Well, the gospel that you are to most people is you're just a fake one. You're, not, you're just playing games. You're not with God. So just think about that. How can I be a better witness for my church, in my church? What can I do better? How can I be involved? How can I serve? How can I volunteer? How can I be connected? How can I be the feet to my church? And here's what I pray tonight. I pray that you would see that the mission field is all around you. Come on, what did we say at the beginning? Mission is not what we do. Mission must be who we are. And this has to be true in our life. We've got to be the feet to our mouth, to our words. It's time to be. Come on, say that with me. It's time to be. Why should God send someone else when He's already sent you? Why should God use someone else when He's placed you there? Come on, my mission field is my home. What's my next mission field? It's my work and it's my school. What's my next mission field? It's my friendships. My next mission field is what? The casual acquaintances around me. My next mission field is what? My neighborhood. And my last one is what? My church. I've got to look for ways that I can be more effective in what I do. And as Sherry said earlier, the most powerful tool that you can use is your testimony. What God has done for you. People can argue chapter and verse, but they cannot argue your experience. Well, they can, but they cannot take that from you because it is real to you. So what are we saying tonight? There's a problem in this world called sin. God has called you to be the solution. You are the solution to the problem. Be the solution to the problem. The solution is His church. Who's His church? Look around. We are His church. God has called us to be His feet. So say with me these words. My mission is all around me, but it has to start within me. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Again, we're not here to condemn. We're not here to judge. But I'm sure every one of us could come up a few points on each scale and be a greater example and witness in our homes and in our workplaces and all around us. And God has called us to do that because one day we're going to stand before God and listen, we're going to have to give an account for our life. And you know what it's going to sound like? What did you do with your family? What did you do with that person you worked beside for 20 years? What did you do with the people on your ball team? What did you do with your neighbors, those that I planted there? I put the most hurting person beside you. Why? Because I thought I could entrust you to tell them about Jesus. You don't know what other people are going through until you, what, visit their world. You've got to step into their world. So what? So you can take them to God's world. So you can influence them and you can impact them for Jesus. Come on, I want to be the feet to my mouth. I'm tired of coming in here to church and say, God, if you can use anything, use me. And I step out and I'm unusable. Come on, I want to be, this is mission May. We're getting on a mission and we're saying, God, we want to be the solution to the problem because we all know there's a problem. 
But we want to be the solution to that. Come on, if you want to be the solution, just lift up your hands right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for just everything you've called us to be. And God, I pray that you would help us because missions isn't what we do, it's who we are. And God, we pray that we would be a greater witness. God, even every day we would say these words, God, help me today to share Jesus with somebody. Help me to impact a life. And I pray that every day before we lay our head on our pillow at night, that we could thank you for giving us an opportunity to touch a life. We're not going to save everyone we come in contact with, but we can move them down along the scale. We can give them some of Jesus. We can give them encouragement. We can give them a smile. We can give them a word of hope. And God, pray. I pray that you would help us to do that. And God, I pray that you would help us to be the feet, that every day we would say, how can I be the feet in my home? How can I be the feet in my work? How can I be the feet in everything that I do, my friendships, the casual acquaintances, everything? God, how can I be your feet today? Because of what you've done in my life and you've changed my life, I've got to go and tell the whole world. And God, I pray right now, there are those right now that their hearts are not right with you. God, I pray right now that they would say in their hearts, Jesus, save me, forgive me. Cleanse me because I want to follow you. God, I pray that every one of us would follow you, live for you, serve you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.